Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Yeah, well, we actually do think we can make it better because of the presence of Jesus Christ in our life and because uh, our own lives have been turned around. Not that we're perfect, far from it, but, uh, but we know who is and we know who loves us and accepts us as we are and uh the the grace that is given to us uh, by God is something that we uh, give out to others, and that that's the way this works. and And here at the catch, we call that grace turned outwards. That's uh, that's the essence we believe of of our ministry as Christians is is to receive God's grace and then to turn and give it. And you know, the giving part isn't that hard. Once you have truly received it, because uh, it's completely humbling um, to receive the grace of God, because you have to see yourself and your own need. You have to go through a process of uh, of discovery and of coming many in many ways to the end of uh, end of your rope, and uh, and then finding out uh, God's grace. And once that happens to you, then you see everybody differently. Um, yeah, there's there's just no one-upmanship anywhere here. There's just uh, you can't believe that um, God has been gracious to you, and, and and you want everybody else to have a part of it. So that's what we like to talk about here. And um, uh, tonight on 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 Blog Talk Radio, we we have a very uh, very unique opportunity. We have a very special guest who uh, I keep finding more and more out about um, uh, as, as I'm getting, uh, getting to know him and read about him. You know, this all started with wanting to him to be our guest on Blog Talk Radio because um, a few months ago, uh, we, uh, you know, we have a prayer ministry here at The Catch, and we, we got wind that uh, this brother was in serious condition uh, in the hospital. And uh, so we put him on our list and we got people praying and, and we found out more and more about uh, what was happening with him and how many people all over the world were praying. And uh, uh, it's, it's literally when you hear the story, uh, it, it, you can't help, but feel like uh, a miracle happened and uh, and that he's uh, uh, gone through what he's gone through. And from what I saw when I saw him uh, <laughs> last and the last time, it was the first time I met him too, uh, 
to have a little Band-Aid on one toe, you know, after everything he'd been through was pretty amazing. So we'll hear about that later. But first, we want to just find out a little bit about this uh, unique person and musician uh, and pastor, uh, Larry Myers. So, Larry, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Jahan, hey, thank you so much. Good to be with you, man. <laughs> I can't believe that we haven't, you know, when we met the other day, um, I just couldn't believe that we hadn't met yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I had the same feeling. We have so I many mean, people in common have... that we know. I know, and, and I bet we were, you know, six feet from each other numerous times uh, in the 70s, most likely. Um, but, uh, yes. you know, I don't know where you – were you deeply embedded into the Jesus movement? I'm not sure where – what you were doing at that time. And as a matter of fact, why don't you just tell us, uh, to start out, tell us just a little bit about yourself and and – your history, but I would definitely want want to know, um, uh, you know, your involvement uh, in the beginnings of what we now call Christian music. I'd, I'd love to know a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I'll try to I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. When I was in uh, high school, this was back in, gosh, the early '60s. I was playing guitar in a church, and we we were probably one of the first churches that would actually uh, encourage some acoustic guitar uh, playing in the worship service. So we were doing that, went on to uh, the university, was very involved with the Capitals Crusade, uh, and Mm. through various influences that I had through Crusade, ended up going to seminary, uh, wanting to be as prepared as I could in some kind of ministry. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know that I really felt like I was going to end up in a traditional pulpit kind of ministry. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh graduated from there. I was kind of keeping my, I was in Texas, in Dallas, in, in uh-huh. a seminary there, and I was keeping my ear to the ground as to what was going on in Southern California with the music scene and uh, all of the, the, right. the new music that was being created and spreading throughout the country. And through all of that, I had the opportunity to listen to a band called Love Song. And mm-hmm. uh, I was really impacted uh, that night in Fort Worth at that concert. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to meet Chuck Gerard, who was the lead singer and one of the main writers mm-hmm. of the band. And one thing led to another. Uh, well, at that point, I was playing in a bluegrass band, playing around North Texas, bluegrass music, at uh, hmm. festivals and shows and all of that. And um, But I felt like I wanted to get back to, to Southern California, I wanted to get back to L.A., where I was from. And so uh, I came out and connected with Chuck Gerard to find out more about how to get involved with that music. I really felt like I needed to be involved somehow playing this this music. And so... Unbeknownst to me, the love song had disbanded a few months earlier. He was putting a new band together. And uh, by the end of the afternoon, he he invited me to join this new band he was putting together, which was the the last thing in the world I expected, but I was just blown away. (laughs) So uh, we moved moved back 
moved to L.A. in the uh, early summer of 75, 1975, and uh, mm. Chuck finished putting his band together. Through Chuck, I met a guy named Ken Gullickson, who was one of uh, he was one of the first staff pastors with Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. Ken was mm-hmm. getting was just launching a new church called the Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And so by the end, by September of 75, Ken invited me to join his new staff with two other guys. And so from in 75, from 75 on, I was working with this church, pastoring, teaching, counseling, but also working with Chuck Gerard, with the Chuck Gerard band, and uh, touring and recording with him. And then over the years, over the years, we just had the opportunity to end up playing through one connection or another with all kinds of people. Um, sure. Uh, had the opportunity to to perform or play with people, people from that were ended up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Gospel Music Association Hall of Fame, the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame, Grammy, Tony, and Dove Award winners. Just a huge variety of people and uh, so what a what a privilege it's been to to play with all these men and women and uh, to be kind of in their lives a little bit and uh, that's kind of kind of how how it all started wow that's amazing uh you uh, uh you also had an incredible opportunity with uh, probably what I who I think is probably the most influential poets of the 20th century um, across the board, uh, um, uh, not just as a singer songwriter, but as a poet uh, through the volume yes, of right. materials and and the and the prophetic nature of his work. You you had a chance. To uh, get pretty close to Bob Dylan, what, why don't you tell us a little, just a little bit about that? Because uh, uh, you know, I had heard when, of course, we were all shocked and surprised when, when we heard that Dylan had become a Christian, and half of the people believed it and the half didn't. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was shocking to say the least. Uh, yeah. Uh, Larry, I went to his first. His first, uh, I thought it was one of the very early concerts after his conversion with Slow Train coming with that album. And he did it. Yeah. He, you might, I don't know if you remember. He did a whole set of concerts at the Fillmore Auditorium in San Francisco, small venue. And uh, were well, you there? Actually, ever, for anyone, yeah, it was actually at the, it was actually at the Warfield Theater. There um, you go. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had, I had, I was a pastor at the Vineyard Christian Fellowship uh, in Southern California. And one thing led to another. I can't go into all of the story, but I had the opportunity, I was invited to meet with Bob. Uh, He was really interested in talking with somebody about the Bible and just in general. And uh, so at his invitation, we went and spent an evening with him and kind of just gave him an overview of the scriptures from one end to the other. And uh, with some detail scattered in through there. And 
mm-hmm. uh, a, a real clear explanation of what we would refer to as the gospel. Um, just to how mm-hmm. he, you know, if he was interested in having this connection with Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. what, and then, and, and so uh, he, uh, I, I can't say I've never been willing to say that it was as a result of that evening. I think it was just what we mm-hmm. did and shared was part of a process uh, that he, sure. and part of a journey that he'd been on. And so, but he did definitely make a clear commitment to Christ. Uh, you know, within the, the next couple of weeks, had a very profound experience with the Lord. And mm. we had a school of discipleship at our church. Uh, we had mm. about 15 people. Uh, our church had was a, was a, attracted a lot of artists, a lot of the creative community, uh, uh, filmmakers, actors, writers, musicians, uh, mm. and fine artists and so it was a very eclectic, very fun, crazy group of people. At this school of discipleship was like four hours a day, five days a week, and he came faithfully to that. And there, throughout that time, for, that was about four months long, and it was a very in-depth uh, teaching of Scripture and Old Testament and New Testament discipleship, uh, all kinds of subjects. Um, unbeknownst to us, throughout that time at, at some point he began writing this music and mm-hmm. it wasn't until the summer that I be, the summer of 79 that I became aware of that music he shared some of it with me and it was uh, it was awesome and mm. and then uh, toward the end of summer I became aware of this tour he was planning mm-hmm. with a series of concerts in the in the record that he was about to record and so yeah that I think that first set of concerts, set of shows were at the Warfield Theater in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, it was about 17 nights, uh, successive nights, yeah. totally sold out. Uh, and I was there, not for all of them, for, for most of them. I was there, especially for the beginning ones. And uh, it was one of the most profound concert experiences I'd ever been involved in. And um mm. Yeah. Uh, his music, his presentation, his singing, his band, the whole, well, you saw it. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And the power of the music yeah. was just crazy. And the, it was so fascinating to hear his, his, his tried and true died in the wool fans that had been following him for years. Mm-hmm. They were right. out of their minds with the idea that this guy could actually be a born again mm-hmm. Christian. They They couldn't believe it. And they came curious to find out what the heck has happened here. And sure enough, although he didn't talk, he didn't, he didn't, I mean, all the shows that I recall, he didn't say a mm-hmm. word between songs. And right. I had encouraged him, I had encouraged him pretty firmly that he didn't have to talk. Now, now that mm-hmm. if, if this was happening in his life, it wasn't like he had to become a preacher. Because that was the expectation of a lot of the Christian community. Okay, now this guy's going to be the preacher yeah. and the evangelist. Mm-hmm. We're going to stick him up on the stage and let him preach. And I just, I just told him very strongly that no, that was not anything he had to do unless he wanted to. But and he had right. never been that sort of a communicator, and that he didn't have to start that now. That he could just let his music uh, speak for him, and uh, that's what he did. And boy. 
did it did it ever and those first four records mm-hmm. uh typically there the people think of three of his gospel oriented records but there was a fourth one that I would include in that uh called Infidels not all the songs were yeah. were strictly faith oriented but by that time he was beginning to to kind of go back to to writing just about all the subjects that he, that he has written about mm-hmm. which includes faith oriented mm-hmm. stuff but there was there were there are two or three songs on infidels that are just kind of mind boggling really in their content mm-hmm. so anyway so that was that was that and then I just had the opportunity to see him from time to time I had the, the the privilege of doing a recording session with him in, eight, in 1985, and uh, that was an unforgettable experience. I haven't seen mm, him or I talked bet. to him probably in 20 years, uh, mm. but I'm really confident people question, they ask me from time to time, do I think he's still a believer? And I say, yes, I absolutely do believe he, he never walked away from the faith. He, you know, he maybe mm-hmm. hasn't always talked about it, uh, openly, or you know, and his his life has not been without challenges, like for all of us. Uh, right. But he, what happened to him in in those early years was so solid and deep, and and that I I just think that you know he was adopted into the family of of the Lord, and yeah, that's certainly from God's point of view never going to be rescinded. So. Uh, so he yeah. won't know us from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I, I don't know. I, I I agree with you, but of course, just looking on from quite a distance, uh, I I I had many of the same conclusions, and and especially I think as we watched what happened in America to Christianity in America during those next few years through the 80s yes. and 90s as it turned political and right-wing and, and conser- so strongly conservative and anti-this and anti-that. And and, right. uh, and at the same time, you know, there were people who were thinking, well, Dylan's our new champion now. Um, I can imagine that <laughs> he, he might have wanted to know, how do I get rid of these guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, when he when all this was going on, we were we were besieged by every magazine, every newspaper, every television uh. show, radio show imaginable. All of them thinking that we owed them access to him, and we made hmm. it very clear that we didn't owe anybody any access to him. He was free to talk to anybody he wanted to. But he was certainly no, under no obligation to do that, and so we we created a you know quite a shield uh, around him for him uh, that I don't even know he ever really fully understood wow. or appreciated. But uh, we did our best wow. to uh, just let him be who he was and do do whatever it was he was going to do, and let God uh, lead him and and just draw near to him and all of that. Mm. So. Uh, wow. Well, all I can say, Larry, is I am so glad you were the guy that was there because that that's really what needed. 
that's just exactly what needed to be done. And I don't know that Thank there are you, many John. people who would have had who would have had that kind of wisdom. You know, that's, well, uh, God gave us a tremendous boy. amount of wisdom. It was a pretty steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were kind of accustomed to having celebrity type people, none, none, none of them at that stature. But, uh, so we had been kind of learning and practicing along the way. And then when that thing happened, uh, the Lord gave us just uh, supernatural wisdom and care and love. And, uh, so he, I think he really helped lead us through that. So, yeah. Wow. Remarkable. Remarkable. Okay, Larry, well, we've got a little under yeah, we got about ten minutes left, so I I do want you to uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, hair raising experience that you've gone through this last year, which is actually the way I first heard about you. I, it's funny, uh, even as we're talking here, I'm just amazed because I remember hearing that that Dylan had asked a lot of questions. And there was some vineyard pastor that was meeting with him, and that's all I ever heard. <laughs> so it, it's so great, great to finally meet you and uh, and hear about it from your side. Um, well, now, thank you. I had, just, as I mentioned earlier, I intentionally kind of flew under the radar uh, so as not yeah. to capitalize on any of that in my own life. Uh, so that's that's yeah. why you didn't probably hear a name. But anyway. Yeah, so uh, on October 17th, I think it was Tuesday, October, no, it was the 16th, it was a Tuesday, I was I was, I was totally normal and healthy and strong, I had been working out really hard for about six or seven years doing CrossFit training, just to be in shape, wow. just to be able to, to be stronger at my older age. Uh, which I've never owned up to, by the way. <laughs> uh, and so on, on on the 16th, I was fine. Everything's good. So on the 17th, I wake up, and I'm not feeling that great. Uh, I didn't know what was going I just thought maybe it was an extra hard workout from the day before. I was sore and bump and so forth. So I didn't pay too much attention. But as the day wore on, I began to realize I had – developed in uh, a, a urinary tract infection. Uh, I think I'd had one other one of those things in my life, and so I knew the symptoms. So I called my wife. I said, call a doctor. We'll go get some antibiotics tomorrow and stop this thing, and we'll, we'll just go on. Everything will be fine. Well, by the, by the afternoon, by the late afternoon, I had developed chills like I've never had before. And I called them gorilla chills. I mean, I just was just shaking and freezing. And uh, and my wife came in and saw me in that condition, had never seen me like that before, and had heard me uh, kind of groaning and moaning. Anyway, she, she had the foresight, the good sense to call 911, the paramedics. And by the time they got there, which I never would have done, by the way, uh, and if I and if she hadn't and I hadn't and had been allowed to go on uh, much longer, I probably wouldn't have survived at all. But by the time they got there, I had about 104 temperature and was uh, be, be, uh, becoming delirious, which I had never experienced before. So they took me to the emergency room, which I don't remember. I don't remember that ride to the emergency room. 
by that night, uh, by around 12 or so, I was in in ICU, and the infection that started evidently in my bladder had really uh, gotten into the bloodstream and was going through through my body. And what it turned the the result of it was I was in a condition called septic shock. And hmm. what I learned later as I, after I was recovering was that a, a fairly high percentage of people that experience septic shock die. They, they don't survive it. It's such an overwhelming impact on hmm. your body. So this was impacting all of my organs over the next few days. Uh, my kidneys were failing. Um, my uh, heart was impacted. They introduced medications because my blood pressure was plummeting so badly. There was a special medication they used called presser drugs that constrict the veins and arteries in your extremities to force the blood up into your core organs. But the expanse of that is that you often will lose your toes. Your toes experience, and your feet experience mm. what would be essentially frostbite resulting in gangrene, toes all turned black. Uh, and so that all was continued on for, they thought I had a major heart attack, which turned out to be the result of the suppressor drugs. Uh, part of the miracle is that there were two of my doctors. All of these doctors were called, and, and I was out of it. I was unaware of most of this that was going on. Anyway, two of the doctors saw what was happening to the heart, saw what was happening to the feet, and had the, the courage and uh, to say, stop these medications. This man has been active. Oh, and they had also called the doctor into the ER to amputate my feet. And so these two doctors, the infectious disease doctor, who's also a wound care specialist, and the cardiologist said, no, 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 no. We're not going to amputate his feet. We're going to save his feet, and we're going to uh, do everything we can to save this man's life. And so... Um, and they did. So I was in the ho- in the, the hospital there for probably two weeks in ICU, and then uh, began recovery. Uh, the, 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 the amazing part of all of that is that now, uh, that's about eight months ago, um, my kidneys are completely normal. My heart is normal. Uh, there were a couple of complications with the heart, which have been rectified. Um, um, there were other, 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 uh, things that happened that have been rectified. Um, and my toes were all, except for about a third of one of them, the middle toe on my left foot, I lost the tip of it. And it is now, it's just about healed from, from going through that little procedure of removing the tip of it. But the rest of them are all there. They're all, uh, well, they're numb. Most of them are pretty numb, but they're they're there and they're they're healthy enough, <laughs> and they'll continue to uh, they'll get healthier and healthier as time goes by. So, it uh, it was a it was a well, it's hard to even put into words. It was just one of those experiences that, uh, I mean, the, the 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 presence of God in that whole circumstance was really pretty amazing i'm I'm not one that easily will call something a miracle 
But from what I've been told about everything that was happening to me during this process, uh, I think it, mm-hmm. and the doctors were all amazed. They, they were, they were so excited. They considered me kind of their, their own kind of rock star because I was responding so well. <laughs> and they said, if you hadn't been in such strong physical condition, when you came in here, we were pretty sure we wouldn't have been able to save you. And, but it's also because of your strong physical condition coming in here that you're responding so well that you're healing as well as you are. Mm. So I, I reduced it. I, I tried to put it in the most succinct way that I could. You know, what is what was it that really saved my life? Well, my wife was a strong advocate. She was my gatekeeper. Uh, the doctors mm. that were assembled to take care of me were, were turned out to be phenomenal doctors. Uh, my, my the intercessory prayer, as you mentioned, that went out around the world mm. and that came in from around the world was completely overwhelming to me. I, uh, every time mm-hmm. I think about that, I get pretty emotional because I just, I'm, I'm mm. overwhelmed at that kind of love and uh, focus on the, on the part of so many brothers and sisters. And then the third, mm. the fourth thing was my physical condition. And I figure if you were to remove any one of those four elements, I would have died. I mean, I was dying. Mm. At, at, I was intubated. I had a feeding tube. I had uh, I had ports in my neck for uh, dialysis and introdu- in, into inputting of drugs. I, the first time I remember waking up, I had all of the, that going on, and I was restrained because of it. And I didn't know I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was going on. It was terrifying. And uh, mm. you know, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't and so fortunately that I only woke up in that state one time and then I, I fell back asleep, I guess, or I don't know, maybe they sedated me again. And, uh, mm-hmm. so it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. It was one of those things you could never plan on or predict, but because of, of all of the care and I, I really believe that God heals people. I'm, I really pray for people mm-hmm. to be healed. But I've also learned over the years that m- medical science is part of what God often uses in the course of his, mm-hmm. of his healing, that it's not one or the other, that if you're undergoing medical treatment, you're not denying your faith. Uh, I think it all works together, and the Lord uses all of it. Uh, to accomplish his purposes. And there, there's a lot of mystery about it because I think, well, the Lord saved, he, he did save my life. And now eight months later, I'm strong. I'm back working out at the gym. I've been playing music in worship since Christmas Eve, back doing mm. pretty much all the things I was doing before. Although I, I hadn't worn shoes in eight months because I couldn't wear shoes. <laughs> I finally put some shoes on the other day for the first time, but I haven't been able. The one thing I haven't been able to do is put some boots on and ride my Harley. So <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to be able to 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 get back on the motorcycle and and get some fresh air in my face. But uh, uh, anyway, the, the, the and just I'm, I every time I meet people that know about the situation and uh, tell me that they were praying. I just, 
I just hug them and, and you knowing you and <laughs> your your mm-hmm. people and people that you're connected mm-hmm. with and praying for me is it's overwhelming to me, you know. And I I when Nancy was first telling me this while I was in the hospital and just barely coming out of all this, she would whisper to me, The Lord loves you so much. He loves you so much and there are people praying mm-hmm. all over the world. We've got a lot of people that have come to the hospital to pray and uh, my only response was, why me? Why are they doing that for me? And mm. uh, it just, you know, you know, I mean, it just didn't matter. I mean, they just were. And uh, I'm eternally grateful for that. And and I couldn't be more humbled by that fact yeah. and reality. So wow. this is the first time I've had the opportunity to really talk about it publicly. Uh, and I, I, I still don't know quite how to talk about it and how to, you know, what to say about it, except that, that it was just mm. a, a life-altering event and the Lord was there with me. I can't, I have to, people have asked, man, did you have some special encounter with the Lord when you were in the midst of all of that? And I, I didn't, I can't say that I did. I, I'm disappointed that I didn't hear any angels singing and <laughs> I didn't see any bright lights and I didn't see any angels and didn't hear the voice of the Lord. I just was, I was just was what it was, what it was, but he certainly has yeah. confirmed to me constantly since then, uh, his love and his mercy and his grace. Mm-hmm. I've been meditating. I love Psalm 27. I love Psalm one. Second Chronicles oh. chapter 20. I've just been rereading mm. those scriptures over and over and over again. And I think that whatever it is the Lord has for me now and the rest, the rest of my days, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm just back doing what I was doing, meeting with worship leaders and meeting with brothers mm. and uh, encouraging people as much as I can. But the main thing for me is to to draw near to him and to experience mm. uh, to experience his presence. Yeah. That verse, that Psalm twenty thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And mm. uh, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Wow. uh, In these last few months. And and, uh, that's kind of where I hope to to stay and, and dig in deeper and deeper in that place. Wow. Larry, thank you so much. I feel very honored that we were the first uh, to hear the story. And uh, uh, it's, it's exciting to know that probably a lot of people who are going to be listening to this uh, were some of the people who were praying for you and, and didn't even know, you know, they didn't know you. Uh, uh, we, we didn't, we didn't know you really, um, but uh, uh, we we were a part of it. That means all all those people were a part of it. 
when you stop that's and right. think that, that's right. that God involves us in that way, it's just pretty amazing. That, that's right. Uh, it was, that and that's one of the most important parts. The people that were praying, mm-hmm. and even the people at the hospital, as, as each new moment would take place, they would just go into crazy prayer and intense prayer and intercession. And then they'd see the results of it almost right before their eyes. And it had such wow. an encouraging uh, effect on all the brothers and sisters who were praying. And I, I hope all of the folks that are listening and all of the folks that are listening to you who hear this story, that would be the takeaway, that they would be encouraged, that their prayers mm-hmm. were effectual, they, they were effective. And the Lord, yeah. and the Lord answered their prayer, and uh, in a in a, just an amazing sort of way. Wow! To take this person wow. that was dying, his body was coming apart at the seams, and then mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Thank you. Well, Larry, thank you, and uh, thanks for spending some time with us. And I, I can tell by now finding more about you that uh, we're just going to have to have you on again sometime and, uh, <laughs> and talk about some other other things that you've done in your life because uh, it really looks like uh, uh, God has given you some rich experiences. So uh, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Uh, I You're welcome, John. Very much. I'd be honored, okay. honored to right. be with you. Any Thank you. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, take care. Bye-bye. 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 You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. Connecting life. Well, that was was quite a deal. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure and come back next week. Let you know, we'll have another amazing guest. Uh, Woo! That was good. That was good. God bless you, everybody.